Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 21st of November as we are set to celebrate the last Sunday of the church year, where our focus today will be on the patient, faithful waiting for Christ's return, as we will hear about in Matthew 25 in the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. But of course, to start the podcast, we look first to our congregation at prayer and the Divine Service Catechesis box at the top of that page. And as we study the Divine Service, we are studying what is called the preparation of the service. That is where we are at. And if you have your Lutheran service book, that is pages 184 to 185. Now, the preparation of the service, as we explained last week, is not part of the service proper, but is instead doing just as it is titled. It is preparing us for the divine service, which will start with the introit. And this preparation, it includes the invocation, an exhortation from the pastor to draw near to God, versicles of scripture being prayed to invite us to draw near to God, and also the confession and absolution of sins. Now today, we are looking at the prayer of grace and the declaration of grace, or as you will see on the left-hand side of page 184, we would call it the absolution proclaimed and given. Now the prayer of grace as found on the right-hand side, that right-hand column. It contains two major parts. The first part grounds the prayer to the Father in the death of His Son, in the death of Christ, where we find our forgiveness. The second part of this prayer, from the death of Christ, leading from that, is what we are asking God for, what we petition God for in Christ's death. And what we petition God for in the death of his son, is his mercy, his forgiveness, for an increase of the knowledge of him, for an increase of the knowledge of his will, that we may be truly obedient to his word when we have been enlightened. What we are ultimately asking for in these petitions from Christ's death is that through God's grace we may come to everlasting life. Now, still looking on that right-hand column on page 184 and 85, following that prayer is the declaration of grace from the pastor. And the declaration of grace answers the prayer for grace by declaring the whole order of salvation, declaring first that God always has mercy upon us and therefore gave his son to die for us. And then second, that for Christ's sake, our sins are forgiven. And then third, that for the faithful, God does bless us with an increase of knowledge and obedience from his word. That he gives us power to become sons of God by giving us the Holy Spirit as we received in baptism. And that's how the declaration closes from there, with a prayer to the Holy Spirit to work this faith in us. And then at the end, we pray amen. And with Amen, we affirm our faith as the people of God, as the sons of God, that God has indeed forgiven our sins and has indeed given us everything which he promised and for which we asked. And that is all we have today. 
of the Divine Service Catechesis. With that, we now turn to our Matin service and the hymn of invocation, Preserve Your Word, O Savior.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Lord, Make me to know mine end, and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is nothing more before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away.
The Old Testament lesson for this last Sunday after Trinity is written in the 65th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 17th verse. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered nor come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a delight and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the voice of weeping and the voice of crying will be heard in her no more. No more will there be an infant who only lives a few days, nor an old man who has not filled his days. For the child will die one hundred years old, and the sinner being one hundred years old will be accursed. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and another inhabit. They will not plant and another eat. For the days of my people will be like the days of a tree, and my chosen will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor give birth for calamity, for they are the offspring of the Lord's blessed, and their descendants with them. It will happen that before they call I will answer, and while they are yet speaking I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Dust will be the serpent's food. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. She shall be brought into the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace.
The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of the first epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning at the first verse. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that anything be written to you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. For when they are saying, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come on them, like birth pains on a pregnant woman. Then they will in no way escape. But you, brothers, aren't in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor to the darkness. So then, let's not sleep as the rest do, but let's watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who are drunk, are drunk in the night. But since we belong to the day, let's be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God didn't appoint us to wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, exhort one another and build each other up, even as you also do. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Those who were foolish, when they took their lamps, took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom is coming! Come out to meet him! Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, What if there isn't enough for us and you? You go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. While they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Amen, I tell you, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place with thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are nearing the end of this year, 2021 A.D. Now that A.D., which many may not know, stands for Anu Domini, Latin, meaning the year of our Lord. And really that Latin phrase itself is short for the longer Anu Domini Nostri Jesu Christi, meaning the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we say A.D., what we are saying is 2021, the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. For centuries, even for millennia, this is how Christians understood every year since our Lord's birth. Every year to us has been the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every year is our Lord's year, because every year is the year of His grace. And every year has been the year of His grace since His birth, His death, His resurrection, His ascension. Since Pentecost, we the Church have lived in this year of grace, this age of grace. But today, we hear, we recognize, we acknowledge that this year of grace will not last forever. This age of grace will come to an end. And that's what our Lord speaks of today, where our gospel reading begins with our Lord saying, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Here we have ten virgins, half foolish half wise. But here again, the English really doesn't bring out the best of the Greek. That word foolish in English, that could very well be rendered morons. <laughs> in fact, the Greek word here is where we get our word for moron. And it's the same word used when Christ warns us in the Sermon on the Mount about calling your brother a fool. These five virgins are fools. They are morons, which are harsh words from our Lord. But what he is showing here is that they is where they stand in relation to him, which is outside his salvation. And likewise for the word wise, because the word in the Greek could be rendered crafty or shrewd. It's the same word used to describe the crafty serpent in Eden, and the dishonest servant in the parable who acted shrewdly. The language of our Lord here is just as strong for these virgins as the others. It's just in the opposite direction. He shows where they stand in relation to him. They are wise as serpents and innocent as doves because they stand inside his salvation. But as we hear this parable, you'll notice that between these virgins, there are many similarities and really, only one difference. As for the similarities, notice all ten are virgins. All are considered pure. All of them go out to meet the bridegroom, and all of them had lamps with burning wicks. All of them waited so long that they began to nod off, and 
without being able to help it, fell asleep. The only difference, the only one, was that the moronic, foolish, worthless virgins took no oil with them, while the virgins that were wise as serpents took flasks of oil with their lamps. Which sounds like a rather minor thing, doesn't it? A flask of oil was the only thing that was the difference between the two. But because of this one seemingly minor difference, half of these virgins are considered worthless fools, and the other half wise and innocent. So what is going on here? We can only understand what is going on if we liken these virgins to the kingdom of heaven, to the church, at the end of the age of grace. If this is the church, then the virgins, those who are pure, have to be those baptized who have entered the church that find their virginity, their pureness in Christ. The light of the lamp, then, is the light of Christ which burns in all the baptized. And the oil is the faith in the baptized, the faith given by the word and the sacraments which keeps the flame of Christ alive in all who believe. All ten virgins are baptized in the church. Baptized, all of them set out to meet the bridegroom. That is, they all set out from the font to wait for our Lord to return. All of them from the font had the light of Christ burning in their lamps. All of them waited so long that they became drowsy and slept. That is, they became weak in body and died, so that their time in this year of grace was at an end. All ten virgins are the baptized. But yet, only five kept oil with them, and five thought that bringing oil was no big deal. All that is to say, five of the virgins remained in the faith. And how they did it is no big secret. The virgins went and kept getting oil. They always had oil on hand. They always got it from the one who kept dealing the oil to them. Which is to say, these are the baptized who kept coming back to have their faith fed, nourished, strengthened. They were wise as serpents in that they arranged their entire lives so they could go every week to the place that had oil. They could keep coming, they could keep receiving the oil from the dealers. Their whole lives had that one purpose to keep getting oil. That's why they were wise as serpents, and they were innocent as doves in that their flasks were always full and their lamps always burning bright. Which is all to say, they were wise in that they arranged their entire lives so they could go every week to the gathering of the faithful around the cross of him crucified. They were wise in that every week they could receive the faith from Christ in the word he spoke through his ministers, and in that they could have their faith strengthened by receiving the body given for them and the blood poured out for the forgiveness of their sins from Christ himself through his stewards of his mysteries. In their baptism, 
these wise virgins. They were wise as serpents, innocent as doves, and kept their flask full of faith by the word and sacrament. From this, the faith in their flasks, it never ran dry. The light of their lamps was never dimmed. But the other five, who thought it no big deal to take any oil with them, these are the five baptized who fell from the faith. How their lamp went out, how it no longer shined, how the flame puttered out into nothing, is no secret. That happened because they stopped going and receiving oil. That is to say, these are the baptized who forsook the waters of their baptism by no longer hearing the word and no longer receiving the sacrament. They thought they no longer needed the forgiveness of our Lord to keep their lamps burning. And as for why they thought they no longer needed the word in the sacrament, well, that could be for a legion of reasons. Perhaps they thought they once, that once they learned the catechism, that they had graduated from it. They had graduated from it and the church, and then they never looked back. Perhaps they never listened to the catechism. And so they kept coming to church without actually hearing the word. They just kept coming to church believing that by coming they were performing a good work which could save themselves as if they thought they could produce their own oil to keep their lamps burning. Perhaps the alluring words of false prophets caught their ear over the true word, so that they believed instead that the winds of the culture, or their own works, or the feel-good therapeutic God of our age, was enough for their salvation. In which case, if that's true, they've forsaken the true oil for a false oil, thinking that the false oil would burn forever when it never burned at all. Or perhaps, perhaps it's the danger we all face, the danger of letting the time in this year of grace slip by us. After all, it's easy to miss one Sunday to do something else. Maybe you miss one Sunday to fix up the house, work a little extra, just sleep in. It's easy to do that for one Sunday. Put something over and above church, over and above receiving the gifts that God gives us. Until one Saturday easily turns into two, which easily turns into three, which easily turns into the habit of coming to church maybe once every few months, then once every few years, and then never really going at all. The growing silent apathy. To such, to such as the, whom this happens to, to them a dimly burning wick with no oil, they think that's enough to wait for the delayed bridegroom. So again, there could be a legion of reasons why they didn't take oil with them, but no matter the reason, no matter the reason for running out of oil, the fact is that they all do run out of oil. None bring a flask of oil with them. So that it's inevitable that on their own, these virgins, 
will see the flame of their lamps die. Their faith will starve. It can and does happen. And no matter the virgin, whether wise or foolish, notice that they all become drowsy and sleep. The days of their life come to an end in this age of grace. They all die waiting. And we will too, unless our Lord comes back in our own days. But at the death of these virgins, our Lord continues the parable. He says, But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. At the cry of the trumpet announcing the bridegroom, at this cry is when the Anu Domini, this year of the Lord, this year of His grace, that is when it will come to an end. All As all are raised from their graves, five of the virgins will rise with their lamps burning bright. Five will raise with nothing but the ashes of the wick blowing in the wind. On that great and terrible day, this one truth will be realized. That we cannot have oil for another. One's lamp cannot burn for the lamp of another. That is to say, one cannot have faith for another. Each must have the faith in themselves from the word and sacraments. Each must have the light of Christ reflected in themselves from the faith. I can receive forgiveness of sins for myself, but I cannot receive it for him who rejects it or neglects it. And on that great and terrible day, this other truth will also be revealed. That there is no more oil being dealt on that last day. There are no more pastors and ministers preaching the word or distributing the sacrament on that last day. When our Lord returns, faith can no longer be born or revived. The year of grace, the age of grace ends at our Lord's return. And this truth is exactly what our Lord ends this parable with when he says, And while they were going to buy, while the foolish virgins were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut, that is, it was locked. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. We see first what happens with the wise virgins. And these virgins, they are as pure and innocent as their lamps are brilliantly bright. These wise virgins went in with the bridegroom to the wedding feast. Their flasks full of oil, their light shining brightly, themselves being pure. But the foolish virgins are locked out. They're left begging, Lord, Lord, open to us, as if they were saying, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not minister to you? That's really what they're saying. And our Lord, who never saw these virgins, will simply say, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. That what he is saying here is, Depart from me, you foolish, cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's his judgment. Again, we have to ask at the end of this parable, what is the difference between the wise and the foolish virgins? And it's just one seemingly small difference in the parable. Five went out with the flask of oil, and the other five went out with none. And from this one seemingly small difference, our Lord warns us on this last Sunday of the church year, saying, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. That is, be prepared. Because that one seemingly small difference, what that actually is, is being prepared by keeping our flask of oil full which, as we have heard, is actually nothing small at all. Indeed, we watch, we are prepared in this time of our Lord's Advent, only if our faith is continually kept alive in baptism by his word and his sacrament. And in this warning is also an invitation. As we wait and as we pray, the invitation is this, Come to the gathering around his cross. Come and keep your flask full by receiving this word, by receiving this body, by receiving this blood. Come and keep your flask full while we still remain in this Anu Domini, this year of the Lord. Keep your flask full because the year is almost over. Our Lord's advent is upon us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
rest upon thee to deliver me when it's humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God Absolve, we beseech you, O Lord, your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon us, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Stir up, we beseech you, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of you be plenteously rewarded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended, 
send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm, 
And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this Matins podcast celebrating the last Sunday in the church year, which means that next Sunday is the start of Advent. It's the first Sunday in Advent known as Ad Te Lavave. And we hope that you can join us for that as well. Now, next week, after next Sunday, we'll also be starting our midweek Advent series, which will be on marriage, husbands, and wives. So we'll have the Advent, the midweek Advent series for the three Wednesdays in Advent until the week of Christmas and Christmas Eve. So we hope you can join us for all that. Uh, the midweek Advent services will be released about 6.15 on Facebook throughout Advent. All the music for today's podcast, all the hymnody for the, today's podcast, comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.